Okay, awesome. I think we've merged now. So how are you doing so far today? Um, not bad. My I'm, my lifestyle is a little strange right now. I've moved in with my grandfather and my sister because my sister needed help watching her kid in the morning. Uh, uh, so I'm like babys- I'm babysitting four days a week from like 6.30 in the morning till 10. So my, so my day is my day's different. You know? <laughs> that's awesome. No, that's I was living. That's cool. So I was that living in Mexico for the last four months, and now I'm oh, like, yeah. oh, cool. Now I'm in a house that's not mine with loud children. Good. Good. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Oh, my gosh. No, I live with my parents because my mom is my babysitter. So like you, her day is like kind of like that because she is retired. She's a small business owner. And now she has gone back to college because she is focusing on a social work degree. But about, like, two hours every day, I asked her asked her if she could babysit my two-year-old. How old are your – how old is your – this is your niece and four. nephew? She's four. four. No, just my niece. She's four, yeah. Wow, very cool. Well, okay, so that's not, like, too, like uh, – too chaotic because at four probably she's a little bit more self-sufficient than say like you're babysitting like a baby but that's a lot of work (laughs) yeah it's crazy well I think the problem is that like her and her husband well her soon to be ex-husband who's a bit of a interesting case they split and then she moved out of the house that they were in and then school like before school got canceled with COVID there was a bunch of strikes so she was like out of school and then when COVID hit, she had to move out of the house and move in with my mom because she couldn't yeah. manage her time in the morning. So it was like all this turmoil for her. So yeah. she's very needy at the moment. But usually, yeah, yeah she's really pretty self But she, she's kind of like, I don't know, she's kind of all, she's all over the place right now, which is okay. Yeah. But so she's a very, she's very needy, but it's fine. We like, we do our thing in the morning. We do our, uh, our, um you know, our our walk to the park and our nice. fashion shows and all this good stuff. That's <laughs> awesome. Oh, that's so exciting. Wow. Okay, well, let's get started. It's so great to connect yeah. with you. Um, I'm just going to introduce you. Guys, this is Paula House at PH Balance, and I'm here today with Mike Mole. He is the host of Market Me podcast, if I understand correctly. Is that correct, Mike? That's it. Yeah, it actually had a different name at the beginning. And then as I kind of moved my branding around, I switched the name about six months ago. But yeah, the Market Me podcast is the new name. I love it. I've checked out your website. It's more about personal branding. Um, I, I, of course, you know, am trying to brand myself. So I was like, I might need Mike Mole, but I, I'm, I'm not, I don't focus myself too much on personal branding. That's pretty unique. So I'm, of course, going to leave your contact information at the end of the podcast and a link to all of your social media profiles. How do you like, how did you decide that niche um, personal branding in the whole social media marketing world? Well, so we were, so to kind of to go back, we're, so my business is about seven years old. Um, okay. It, so we were actually, you know, digital marketing first. We used to do e-commerce marketing and lead generation. Um, and we've kind of maintained that all the way through. So the main agency, the social media house agency, we do a lot of marketing strategy, consulting, content strategy, and stuff like that. Um, but what I, you know, what I kind of developed as I was going through, I got to work with, you know, a couple of pretty big name hip hop artists and help them really grow their social presence and sell tickets to shows. And obviously, before, well, there was at the time when there was still live shows. <laughs> um, yeah. 
And so <laughs> I kind of got into that, and then I started speaking about it at, like, uh, universities and at different online events and in-person events. And, uh, yeah, I kind of just – I kind of fell into this side of it a little bit, um, and oh. it's a good complement to what I'm already doing, helping people market their business. So yeah. it's kind of just another angle to take. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Okay, so e-commerce is really cool. I mean, Jeff, what? How do you pronounce his last name? Bezos or Bezos? I don't yeah. know his last name. What is his nationality? I, think I don't is know, actually. I think it's Bezos, I don't know I think it's Bezos but that's I don't know. I don't know also. <laughs> yeah, no, but he, he has, like, changed, like, search engine optimization, if you understand. So that's, like, a really cool – if I could get into anything, I would probably do something a little bit more technical, like e-commerce, but – you know, I know some people who are in e-commerce, and it always sounds like a really exciting job because you're always, like, you know, trying to optimize uh, content and stuff like that. So I imagine you have to be really strategic. Um, but I like the personal brand because I I go back and forth with how much I should uh, express myself and express my personal opinion online because, you know, we're subject to changing our, our opinions about things. But mm-hmm. I do think it's important for – of you to have a presence where, you know, if you build it, they will come. So if you express yourself and like minds agreed, then you kind of create an authentic, like, fan base for yourself. And I think that that's really important. So I think that's really cool. And I hope, you know, to keep working on my own personal brand. And so I like that you do that. But I just wanted to, you know, pick your brain because you seem really experienced and ask you some questions that I think will help my fans and my followers and people who I know that I'm trying to, help them grow their own social media marketing and, um, of course, get clients for their business and gain uh, devout followers as well. Um, so I guess my first question is, what marketing tactic has been the most effective for you? Um, maybe now or something that you have found to be, like, extraordinarily successful. Um, it can be anything. It can be, like, print media. It can be telemarketing. It can be um, – SEO, like you're talking, or any type of lead generation tactic, what has been, like, super effective for you recently or, you know, throughout the course of your marketing career? Yeah. So it's funny, actually. One, I was having this conversation the other day with somebody, and they were saying, oh, you know, your company's named the Social Media House. You must worry about, you know, getting followers on Instagram. And I said, yeah. I've, never, I've never once paid attention to the number of followers on any social media platform. I think I think there's, you know, some merit to having some following, but at the end of the day, is somebody following you on Instagram making them a customer? No. And I, I really believe in in paid marketing coupled coupled with content. So okay. to me, Facebook and Instagram, the ad platform there is probably the most dominant thing that you could possibly sink your teeth into, learn, spend money on. I mean, the counterpart to that is kind of Google Ads. Google Ads is very good for a specific thing, right? If I'm a local business offering a service and someone goes on Google and looks up that service, there's Mm -hmm. definitely benefit to being there. But But I think regardless of that, with the power and the reach of a Facebook and an Instagram ad, I don't think you can... uh, I don't think you can replace that power. I just think the amount of visibility it can get you, the way it lets you target people based on their interests and their buying patterns. And I mean, it used to be, it used to be a lot more elaborate until Facebook got in trouble for all these data issues. But right. you used yeah. to be able to target people based on, you know, 
the type of car that they owned or yeah. you know if they were if their their mortgage was about to renew or I mean it was pretty wild back in the day. Now yeah. it's a little more tame because of their their issues, but um, yeah. bang for your buck visibility and, and creating action, Facebook and Instagram as they're an absolute powerhouse. Yeah, I think that right now what really intrigues me about Facebook as the most, I've been working with a guy and we've been talking about, you know, you know, how valuable I am if I ask him to pay for certain marketing tools online, you know, like Facebook ads. And, you know, because I kind of pride myself in being cost effective for marketing because I focus a lot on how to increase your organic reach, you know, and how can we mm-hmm. get, yeah, clients organically versus me coming on and then asking you to spend uh, X amount of money so that we can target people because virtually if you were equipped enough, well-equipped enough, then you would be able to just, you know, uh, run Facebook ads yourself. You wouldn't really need me and my expertise. So I've been researching a lot about Facebook ads, and I've, I think really what's really cool is the retargeting as far as, like, your websites are concerned. So if someone visits your website doing retargeting that way, um, to display a Facebook ad after someone visits your website because it's kind of like, you know, a warmer lead and the fact that they've already expressed interest. So usually what happens for me personally is that if I'm researching a company, maybe I've, like, read an article about something that, you know, I'm trying to learn whether it be about um, best practices for increasing your organic reach on Facebook or something, uh, Instagram, you know, about hashtags, anything. And then after I read that uh, an article from that company, then I go back on my Facebook. Like right now I keep having Insta page pop up. Are you familiar with that company? Insta no. page? No, I, no, I think no. I was reading about uh, landing pages, and I keep seeing them come up on my Facebook now, and I'm like, goodness gracious, like I read one article, and now I'll, every time uh-huh. I go on my Facebook, yeah, it comes up, now, I'm like, that's really good. Now so that you mentioned it, yes. Yeah, Instapage, yeah. yeah, they're a competitor to like lead pages and, and those okay. guys. Yeah, 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 I've never heard yeah. of them, and I did some like an extraordinary amount of research recently because I finally needed to design a landing page, and now it comes up on my Facebook, and I'm like, they're gonna. I feel myself like you know going to buy something from them in the near future because I keep seeing their ads on Facebook, and I was like, that is really effective. So I think that's really cool. Google ads, I haven't gotten so much into because. I tried using Google Ads when I first got started with social media in, like, 2014, and I never was able to really, like, um, I wasn't savvy enough, and I haven't really had enough opportunities to work with Google Ads yet. So I get how to do Google Ads, but since I, I first learned about them, it has evolved into more, I think it's, like, more competitive now as far as um, the bidding is concerned, excuse me, for uh, you know, for who is bidding on certain keywords. And so it's not as simple as just, you know, creating your caption now, paying for it to display for a certain keyword. It's become more competitive, so I'm sure it's a little bit more complex now. But I need to check back into that. Um, yeah, so one thing I'll – yeah, one thing about all of the ad platforms, so I've spent money on almost every type of ad platform that you can, you know, LinkedIn, Pinterest, Snapchat. I, I've spent everywhere, I've, and I've spent by like personally, I've spent millions of dollars on between everything. One yeah. thing that they try and have you believe, which is a bit of a problematic thing, and for me, it makes me 
dislike them a little bit. And that is that they say, oh, well, we have this, you know, this easy do-it-yourself, anybody-can-do-it version. So Facebook ads, the equivalent is like boosting your post. Yeah. Uh, Google ads, the equivalent is called the Google Ads Express. And so when you sign up for a new account, it puts you into Google AdWords or Google Ad Express. And it's like, okay. hey, just tell us what, you know, just give us a couple keywords and tell us what, you know, tell us what the website is about and we'll do the work for you. And the okay. truth is that, that that actually is probably the least effective way okay. to market your business because those platforms are designed for people spending large sums of money because their oh, thesis okay. is the more touch points that you have with an individual, not even yeah. from a retargeting standpoint, just the sheer volume of traffic to your website will be yeah. the deciding factor and will make the successful piece about this ad campaign, which just isn't true. You know, if I'm, uh, if I'm a hardwood flooring installer, I don't, want, I don't want clicks to my website for people that are trying to find out what the best type of wood is to use on my floor. I want to be, if somebody's looking for me to do the work, that's what I want to have my ad for. And unfortunately, these ad platforms kind of, hey, let us just figure it out for you. And to be frank, they're just not smart enough to do it. So you're right. It is a really – they're both really technical platforms. Those are yeah. platforms you could easily lose, you know, two, three, four thousand dollars $4,000 like in a month and yeah. have not one result to show from it because the default settings and the way yeah. they're just – the basis of the way that they're set up is made to just say, hey, let us figure it out. And, and they're just not – they're not smart enough to do it at this point. So it, yeah. they are challenging platforms. But once you get the cadence, once you learn where the pitfalls and those little loopholes are and fix those, it can be yeah. incredibly effective. Okay. I, I believe you. I, I have done – I ran a, a – just, I just spent like $30 on Facebook ads recently because I called myself. I was like sitting down uh, downstairs in my room one evening. I was like, I want to make some money content writing because I just was using Upwork recently. How do you feel about Upwork for like freelancers and stuff? I mean, I guess for doing projects or perhaps uh, bringing someone on to do a project for you. Do you like Upwork? They were just, you know, recently publicly traded, I think, recently. And so I guess that made them now you can buy stock in Upwork, I think, and I think that helped to boost their brand awareness. And I find them to be pretty effective for doing contract work online or freelance work. Um, but I don't know. I just had this uh, feeling I wanted to get into more content writing because I just did some content writing, and then all of a sudden I was like, I need to market myself on Facebook to see if anybody needs a content writer right now. And I didn't do a good job as far as, like, um, optimizing the, the Facebook ad uh, as far as captions are concerned, uh, et cetera. But I did receive at least some new page views to my business page, and I think I got a couple likes on a couple posts that I did in the past. Um, but I could see that it, it would probably be pretty complex. What do you think about Upwork? I love it. Look, I mean, I've been in – I've had – so before I did this, I, I ran a sales team uh, for a, a Google marketing agency. I had a team of 25. I traveled around Canada opening offices. Um, and one thing that I've noticed when it comes to content and creative work is that employees, it's really hard to have an employee that's as well-versed as you need in this current modern world of marketing. And so I think, I think freelance and, and those types of things, especially when that freelancer understands what they're best at 
and mm-hmm. have that each identified. We use freelancers. I've got probably about 12 different people in rotation, and mm-hmm. I have them writing on, you know, B2B industry content. I have graphic designers that are just doing e-blast designs, and, you know, they're amazing at it. And I've had them do other projects. I've had them, you know, do small branding things or social media posts templates and like they just they sucked but they're really really good at email marketing stuff and so for me i think it's i think it's an amazing era where you can say hey i'm really good at this one very specific thing i'm excellent at it um and your ability to go and connect with agencies and small businesses and say hey if you need this particular thing like i'm here for you now it feels for the business owners where they're like well i'd rather just have one central place because I don't have the time to manage, you know, 10 different vendors for all these different things. And that that's just the nature of running a business, right? There's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of departments. You're wearing a million different hats. Yeah. Um, but uh, to me, I think it's, I think it's fantastic. And we use very specific people for very specific things all the time. Um, gotcha. Because why it's kind of that round, pe- round peg, square hole thing. It's like, why are you trying to fit something in that doesn't work? There's yeah. so much talent out yeah. for people that are just amazing at this one particular thing. Um, yeah. So why not, you know, why not feed them that particular stuff and get an amazing result, right? Yes, I agree. I completely agree. I think I had to learn that the uh, difficult way where I wanted to work. I wanted to be jack of all trades, master of none for a while, and I have since kind of honed in on my skill sets. And now I don't try to, like, apply to a job or market myself to a company for a role that I would like to do unless I know that I'm, like, expert, maybe, you know, like, uh, you know, at least amateur at what it is that they are, you know, they would like for to bring bring me on for. So if someone needs an expert in Google Ads or Google AdWords, I'm not going to apply because, you know, it would just be doing them a disservice. It would be doing me a disservice. So until I'm at that level, that's when I'll apply. But at this point in time, I'm not, even though, you know, I know a little bit about it. I probably could use the information that I have um, and do some quick learning upon getting a job and, you know, be able to meet their needs. But I don't think I would be, like, be able to do something that would really show them results they're looking for in terms of the ROI. So, yeah, so I agree with you about utilizing Upwork, and I think I think people are becoming a little bit more authentic and more genuine about their skills, so I think that is pretty effective, actually, now. I mean, I know I don't go on Upwork and say I can do something I can't, and so I'd imagine other people, they can't, they don't do that also, and it's becoming a little bit more obvious when you're not, when you might be, like, mis, misconstruing or misrepresenting yourself. Not that I'm against people taking initiative, but I agree with you. I think that that's pretty cool because the thing is making, like, uh, the market really concentrated. And, you know, like, if you have a good graphic designer, they probably are really good. And so I think that that's really cool. Um, I really like Upwork myself. Um, So this leads me to my next question. What marketing technique has been working for you the longest? So is there, like, one thing that's tried and true before you? Uh, You know, is there, like, just, like, one thing that, you know, you always go to, you have new employees or, you know, you share with people every time that's just like always working, always effective. I mean, I can't think of one for me right now, but I know there are some things that, like being positive, for example, I, any new client I have, no matter what type of interaction they're having, 
um, I always talk about, like, uh, how being positive has always been effective for me and, like, optimistic. So, for example, I'm working with a guy now, and he, he has a, his own staffing company. And he is always trying to, like, negotiate, you know, certain contracts or he's, like, bidding on contracts and he's always has to get new employees. Um, he needs new freelancers sometimes. And just, like, managing these relationships and just, like, as far as his branding is concerned, whether it be his personal brand or his company's brand, I'm always trying to uh, reaffirm the, the benefits of being, being positive, whether it's a positive interaction and generating like a, a thoughtful relationship over a period of time, or if it's just like, you know, always trying to like filter positivity into messaging on Facebook or LinkedIn so that people have a good feeling about your brand, whether they're going to buy right now or maybe buy later. Um, I'm always trying to say, you know, that I think positivity is charming, and I think that it is something that is really effective for marketing purposes in the long run. Now, mine is more like uh, a theoretical and like from a theory standpoint, but do you have any like theory or do you have an actual like technical marketing tactic that's been effective for you for all of your time in marketing, in marketing uh, the industry? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, the number one thing, and I've done it across multiple mediums, so the medium does not matter whether it's email, whether it's social, it doesn't make a difference. But customized outreach. You, okay. So this is something that I think a lot of people are afraid to kind of go, go and take a dive into this, and, and they're afraid to reach out and communicate with people that they don't know. But I send right now, I send between 100 and 150 personalized video messages a week to people on LinkedIn. That's awesome. Um, and I've done this across multiple different channels, but I think one thing to remember, and people get caught up, especially when they're, you know, solopreneurs or entrepreneurs or small business owners, is they, they have this fear of asking. And okay. really, all a business is, is you providing a service or a solution for money. But in order to get them, you need to ask. And that ask yeah. can be you verbally asking. It can be you having a website so people know you exist. It could be you running an ad. But at the end of the day, it's always still just you asking. And I think a lot of people get stuck because there's this mental block around asking for something where money is attached. And I don't right. know what it is. I don't know if it's – I feel like it's the way that we're educated in school. Yeah. Like not – you know, it's kind of like you don't really talk about it. There's no – programs or courses around how to manage it or how to talk about it or like it, we come up in the world of this thing of the idea of money being an intimidating thing and I think that holds people back from from humanizing sales right so for yeah. me it's always been having that conversation saying look here's something that I do I think it would be beneficial to you if you buy into that idea great let's talk but if yeah. you don't then that's fine, but it's a human way of thinking about it. I think a lot of people say, "Oh, well, you know, once I get a lead, I have to, I have to close it." When I like, I used to be when I first started, I got myself yeah. into a habit of someone saying, "Oh, well, I need, you know, a website, or I need this, or I need that." I'm like, "Okay, cool, let me figure it out." And yeah. and it took me down the path of taking on work that wasn't good for me, didn't make a lot of sense. I always made sure I delivered, but. I was miserable doing it, and I was making less money doing it. And so I think, you know, humanizing your approach, humanizing your outreach, and just connecting with people, connecting with them before you need something from them, not just connecting saying, 
hey, do you want to work with me? I've got, I've got this service. Just connecting with them in a way where they see you as a human because they yeah. want, that's how people want to buy, right? They want to buy from people that they feel comfortable with. They want mm-hmm. to buy from people that they feel trust in. And what yeah. better way to do that than to have a human, like a humanized relationship with them before you're offering a product or a service. And I think that's the most important thing. A lot of people say, okay, now I got to outreach to, you know, 500 or 1,000 businesses to drum up to drum up my sales. Like when right. I want to make a sale, I send an email out to yeah. the people that I know. And I'm like, hey, who needs this right now? And more often than not, someone raises their hand and says, actually, that's a good fit for me right now. And I can also reach out to that network and say, hey, do you know anybody that's looking for this service? I would love an introduction. And they're really happy to do it. But the reason yeah. they're happy to do it is because I connected with them. I sent them an email that was, you know, about them. I looked something up about them. I referenced it. I read something of theirs. I listened to something of theirs and I connected with them on that at a human level, right? Or, you know, I looked at some of their LinkedIn posts and I made some commentary on it. But I think, you know, sending, I send mostly right now voice and video messages and people are really blown away uh, that they took. I actually have a, a folder in my iPhone with all the screenshots of people that wrote back to my video message being like, holy crap, this is the first time I've ever seen it. I can't believe <laughs> the time. Like, people are really blown away. And if you think about it, like, when was the last time you received a voice or a, a video message from someone that wasn't, like, a friend of yours? Like, it just yeah. it doesn't really happen. So it's like, how do you go that extra mile? How do you make that person feel like you've taken the time and, and you're doing it at a time where you don't need anything? Yeah. Because in a couple of months, when you want that sale, you want to ask them to help with their business, they already have good feeling about you. And even if they know nothing about you beyond you sent them one nice message, that's yeah. still a better feeling than, oh, who is this person? They're just trying to get me to buy something. You know, yeah. so that's been the biggest thing for me. That's true. That's that's very that's what stood out to me. I was like, this is so funny. I was like, this guy I was like for one, I was I was I was surprised to see you in my LinkedIn, you know what I mean? And then I was like, oh, I was like, this is really personal. He's just like sitting on his patio somewhere, you know, it's a beautiful day. I was like, I love it. I was like, this is something I would do. I was like, that is wonderful. So it was a, a wonderful introduction. I appreciate that. It made my, brighten my day that day. I was like, this is like really cool. So that's why I am happy to be connected with you on the podcast today. That's what got you on my podcast and you you know you introduced yourself and I checked you out and I was like that's really creative and so I agree and it takes it takes a lot of time like if you can imagine so the videos I send are on average 40 seconds to two minutes yeah I'm sending 100 to 150 a week that's crazy like it's it takes a lot like I'm cutting I'm carving out multiple hours out of my week but I I do it if you're thinking about like, because a lot of people say, oh, well, my time is worth X, but it's not, it's not worth anything if people aren't paying you for anything. So sure. for me, like if I'm in, an, if when I'm doing consulting on like marketing and strategy, like I, I charge $500 an hour and I have, reached it. we get, you know, I, I get a lot, I get a lot of that type of work. Um, sure. But at the end of the day, if you net that out as an entrepreneur, if you net that out across all the video messages you have to send, all mm-hmm. the posts you're doing on, so I mean, it it breaks down to not being as as kind of sexy as five hundred dollars an hour sounds because you had to build that relationship you had to take yeah. that time to record that video it takes a lot like it's a huge grind and I think people discount that and it's funny when people 
some some people hear that rate and they're like, I like that's too expensive. I mean, I'm like, compared to what? If yeah. you invest, if you invest two thousand dollars working with me for four hours and I fundamentally change your business for the better yeah. and now you're you doubled in size, like, what do you mean two thousand dollars? Like, that's nothing in the yeah. big picture. That's true. So, but it's funny. It's funny because I spend the time building the relationships and I spend the time putting out high-quality content that mm-hmm. most of the time, the people that see my price who are already familiar with me because I've built that relationship, they don't yeah. blink an eye. Oh, 500 bucks an hour. Yeah, it's fine. Let's go. Let's get on a call because they know me. They trust me. They see me. And again, with social, like I don't care about followers. If the people yeah. that are following me are seeing high-quality content and trust me and their prospective customers, like, I'll stay at 7,000 followers on LinkedIn forever, 2,000 followers on Instagram forever. I don't care. Yeah. If, if, if that's building trust and letting people, um, you know, be confident in me, then great. That's all I'm looking for. I don't care about yeah. the vanity of a huge yeah. followership, you know? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I completely agree. I was just telling my mom that the other day because I was telling her I want to start selling a product. My sister's a food blogger. And so I was like, you know what she should do? My sister's name is Scotty. Actually, and she's and I was like, we should, you know, start. You know, a lot of celebrities are like uh, doing videos on Instagram of them cooking, and then they might have like a product that they sell. I know uh, Aisha Curry, for example, Steph Curry's wife. She has like her own cookware now, and it's just so funny because it just happened like out of nowhere, really. And now I see a whole bunch of celebrities doing cooking online, like Tabitha Brown. She's vegan, I think. I can't remember, Jennifer Garner, she also does, like, cooking really quick videos on Instagram, and it's funny to me because it used to be that you would think that people wouldn't watch a video that long on Instagram, but I find myself watching them. And so I mentioned this to my mom. I was like, we need to get a product that we can promote. After, of course, we confirm that we like it and that, you know, what are the benefits of this product that we can, you know, pull, call out to, you know, our friends and our followers on, online. And my mom was like, well, I don't think you have – a significant audience enough yet. And I was like, you know, you'd be surprised. I was like, you don't have to have a lot of followers. You just need, you know, some people who really care about your brand and who really like you. And then, you know, you can make, uh, if you can sell to every follower you have of 20 followers and sell this cookware product, then that's more significant than you having a thousand followers online and getting lost out there um, in, in Instagram. So I thought I agree. I completely agree. I think that's really cool. Um, so, What's your favorite social media platform right now and why? <laughs> uh, good question. So where I spend the majority of my time is LinkedIn. Okay, uh, all right. You know, a lot of the work that I get and a lot of yeah. the, the, the speaking opportunities that I'm getting are coming from that. Okay. I'd say, like, from a consuming standpoint, TikTok, hands okay. down. all right. Absolutely love it. The, like... It was it, like the creativity of it. It's fun and it's funny. Like I find it fascinating and I love it. I don't push and I don't push out content on TikTok. I don't okay. have the bandwidth to like create. I, I, so I'm creating, you know, um, my fa- I have content in my Facebook group. I publish about four or five posts a week on Instagram and then you know two or three posts a week on LinkedIn and adding TikTok. Just I just don't have the bandwidth for it. But I yeah, like yeah. TikTok and spending my time you know, building relationships and publishing high-value content, definitely LinkedIn right now. That's really cool. Okay, so last question, and hopefully I can have you back one day in the future if we can, uh, if we can remain connected on LinkedIn. That would be great. Um, 
Well, my last question is for small business owners, which are, is pretty much my followers on Facebook. I have a lot of friends who are like either selling a product or they're making their own product and trying to sell it, mainly, mm-hmm. you know, from cake decorators to someone making soap at home. What is a best practice? How should they be using social media right now? Any social media channel. What would you, what's your advice to them currently? So here's, here's the number one thing that has guided me very strongly and very well in terms of making money as right. a result of social media. And I don't want to say I, – I want to be clear about not saying making money because of social media, but it's a contributor. So here's what it is. Marketing is the thing that's going to drive people to you, whether that's um, you know, influencer stuff or – Make, you know, SEO making your website show up or paid ads or, you know, collaborating on collaborating content on social to drive awareness to you, whatever that thing is, um, mm-hmm. that's going to be the catalyst to the majority of your sales. For social, the big unlock for social is people want to connect and they want to buy things from people they like, know, and trust, right? That's, that's that was kind of what I was saying before about yeah. You know, building a relationship before you need the sale. Well, yeah. someone might hear about you word of mouth or someone might see a piece of content you collaborated on, with on somebody. You might have bought a Google ad for a particular thing. I get to, I get to view, between all of my customers, I get mm-hmm. to view about a million website hits a month between all of my customers. That's and crazy. one thing that I – it's very, very, very common – is no matter what channel they come in from, right? They could come mm-hmm. in from a guest post on a blog or a Google ad or a Facebook post or whatever that thing is. Mm-hmm. What they often do is they'll go to a couple of pages on the website and then they will bounce off the website and go check out social media. Gotcha. Because social yeah. media validates you. And they, they, you know, your website could have been up for the last five years with no changes. They don't even know if you're in business. But people right. want to buy from people that they agree with, that they connect with, that they feel comfortable with. So make sure your content speaks to that. And when I say that, so perfect examples are making sure that there's a feeling of who runs this brand. There's a personality. There's a human behind the product I think is really important. And number two, it's like how can you bring your potential customer's value? And value is kind of this funny buzzword that's getting thrown around a lot now. And people say, well, what does that mean? So to me, it means a couple of different things. So there's three kind of – it breaks into three categories. There's informational value, there's entertainment value, and there's motivational value. All right. Right? So informational is like 80 to 90% of the marketing and the content that that usually gets published. So informational is what would your prospective customer need to know? Like what helps them in Mm -hmm. their life – in their interests and in and around the product that you sell, right? So, for example, if you um, let's pick let's pick a type of company. Let's say you're a dentist, just for like simplicity, right? So, yeah. informational content for a dentist is about you know brushing your teeth and is about flossing because the end user, the person that would buy them, that's information yeah. that they could use and would be useful. And if yeah. they get that information from you, then they feel comfortable because you've helped them with some information, right? That's yeah. a really basic example, but like just for the, the simplicity, that's where we'll go, right? And then yeah. entertainment 
So yeah. now entertainment is like, do they feel connected? Do they feel safe? Do they like you? Right? So right. I find entertainment to be like talking about, because entertainment doesn't have to be like funny. Delicious. Right. It, it, but, but, it, but people are nosy, right? Like we're yeah. all so nosy. Like why do we follow the people we follow on social? Because yeah. we're nosy. Yeah. So it's like showing what's going on. What am I working on? What am I doing? What is right. my staff doing? What are we up to? Like behind the scenes of just stuff that's going on makes people feel like a connection with you, right? Yes. Um, and so that's kind of the entertainment bucket is like what am I doing? What's going on around me that I can share so people can feel connected with me? And then right. motivation. Motivation is kind of the weird one, and people think about it like motivational quotes. I've never right. posted a motivational quote of ever in my life. It's not my, not me, not my brand. But yeah. motivation can be case studies, testimonials, success stories of not only your customers, yeah. but like your vendors, the businesses around you. Um, hey, you know, like so me as a dentist posting like, hey, congrats to, you know, Marco and his team. They just successfully launched this or they just opened their second location, right? Because then yeah. if people seeing that I'm in, I'm, you know, motivating and I'm uplifting the people in my community, the businesses around me, and I'm not just patting myself on the back. I'm, I'm giving other people love and showing what they're doing and, and being inspirational around that. So um, yeah. that's how I think about it. And it's like showcasing and showing that you care about other things beyond just getting customers and yourself. And yeah. so if you go into it with, under those kind of three pillars um, mm-hmm. and produce all of your content around that, that's going to draw and that's going to make people the most attracted to you. And that's yeah. kind of that's how I think about social. Nice, nice. Okay, I'm very ecstatic. I would like to put some of these into practice immediately, especially motivation, the motivational one I don't often think about or utilize. Of course, information, of course, entertainment, but motivation I would like to really uh, check out. There are some opportunities I have where I can see how effective that is. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited to learn. Um, I especially, I could use that probably today, um, working on a social media uh, campaign strategy now, and I've already, like, outlined what type of, uh, what type of posts I'd like to do this year, but I will implement that one. I'll let you know how it goes. But anyway, Mike, if we can get all, wrap this up now, I, of course, am going to include links to your social media, your website, so people can check you out. Um, definitely, I'm going to listen to the marketing podcast. I already have subscribed to it on Apple, iTunes, and I start to listen to your one. I can't remember. You had a guy. You had your own there the other day, and that's what really also uh, gained my interest and wanted me to get you on my show. So I really thank you for partaking, and I will hope to you know, get you back here soon. But what are you going to do for the rest of the day? You're, are you done babysitting for today? You're in Canada? <laughs> I'm in Canada right now, yeah. I was living in Mexico for four months. I came back to Canada to help my sister out with, uh, with yeah. her daughter. Um, and then, but in, yeah, but in three weeks, uh, we're heading to Portugal for the rest of the year. So oh, I'm exciting. just making some plans there, keeping a close eye on if the country's open and if we're going to be yeah. able to fly right right now we can we're not we're not banned like the u.s so okay. we actually are allowed we're just making sure our original plan was to go to spain um, and then it started getting a lot of outbreaks so we're looking yeah. at it now we'll stay there till christmas That's but exciting. yeah so we're just making some plans around that um 
Okay. I'm going to do, that's about it, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, let me know Bye. if you need anything, and I'll let you know if I need anything, and I hope to talk to you soon. I'll keep in contact on LinkedIn. I hope you have safe travels. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. So, of course, Mike. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye.